everyone. You're listening to She Leads with Carly. Our guest today is Lynn Paola. Lynn is an Emmy award-winning costume designer for many incredible shows that I'm sure you or your friends have seen, which include Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, Shameless, The West Wing, Animal Kingdom, and so many more. We chat about what led Lynn into this industry and how she basically fell into it, as you'll hear. And we also chat about the imposter syndrome that many of us know all too well. But one thing that I absolutely love that I had never heard before was Lynn's perspective on the entire concept of self-doubt and how it could actually be used as a strength instead of a weakness. I'll let you guys hear for yourself, but please enjoy this episode with a she leader from an entire new industry. I love this chat and I hope you guys do too. Hello, Lynn. Thank you so much for coming on my show. I appreciate it. And I'm so excited to just learn from you and everything. So thank you. I don't know if I have anything to teach you. You sound pretty amazing already. I don't know about that. But Lynn, you are a two-time Emmy Award winner in costume design. And you're the costume designer for these incredible shows, whether it's Shameless, Scandal, The West Wing, Animal Kingdom. It honestly goes on. So I'm just excited to, you know, tap into your brain and learn from you. <laughs> so so tell me, you know, you're born in Sunderland in Northern England. Mm-hmm. So take me back into this time, you know, A, did you always see yourself leaving England? And, you know, how did you imagine your future when you were a young girl and, you know, kind of thinking of the future? Were you always passionate about fashion? So, yeah, tell me a little yes, bit more. Yes, I was that. always passionate about fashion. I did not know that my job existed. Um, I always thought, um, actually what I wanted to do truthfully is to be an educator because I love kids. Yeah. Um, and, um, I had amazing teachers growing up who inspired me and, you know, everyone always talks about those teachers that sort of, um, changed their lives. And I had a teacher called Mr. Naseby who was this amazing guy who turned to all the women in the room, even back then and said, you know, your parents are going to tell you you should be a nurse or you should be this or you should be that. And I'm telling you, you should be the doctor, you know. And the so he was like this amazing guy. And even though my job has been female-centric for many years, <coughs> it was, I don't have COVID. It's the smoke, <laughs> um, the fires in L.A. Yeah. Um, the... Um, I, this, I just didn't know my job existed. Wow. So I moved to Los Angeles right out of college okay, uh, and um, didn't know anybody here. And I came here and um, was intending, it was kind of like my gap year, mm-hmm. intending to land here, head to Australia, you know, and do a whole year of travel. And then I got here and um, ended up doing some commercials for friends. Oh, wow. Uh, and I worked my way up. I mean, I start, I didn't know I wanted to do this. So I started just to make money so I could go to my next section of my trip, um, working, doing the craft service on commercials and be, basically being a PA. Amazing. And, um, and then sort of thought, wow, this is kind of a great business. This is fun. And, you know, it was so um, social. Amazing. To be on a stage and to be with all these people and to learn and just fascinating characters, do you know? Yeah. Um, that I fell in love with the work. So cool. And so when you're in England and, you know, it's all, it's a big move, you know, going to L.A. and 
to Australia, were your, were your parents or did your family, you know, say, Lynn, why don't you just like stay, be a nurse or be a doctor and stay in this secure job? No, or was it- I think culturally um, Europeans have a different point of view. It's an interesting thing for me because culturally in Europe, um, the, the thing is, is that you should let your kids travel. I mean, it's yeah. a very, I, I mean, for, for me with my son, Jack, right now, I would like him to be traveling. I mean, last year he did go to Europe, um, but with the school, but back then, and you know, people, my friends would go to Spain to pick grapes for the summer Amazing. or, um, they would hitchhike, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't think you would do that now, but it was a cultural thing to take that gap year and to travel. And, um, I was just lucky given that I'm from a very working class background yeah. when my dad was a coal miner, um, that my parents had that sort of mentality especially for a daughter back then that you should go and look, they weren't happy. I was leaving and you know, my mom particularly wasn't happy, but my dad was just like, yeah, go enjoy the world. Go see it. Incredible. So, okay. So then you went to LA and you got a job as a PA and Mm. it was almost like your, your passion for all this kind of drove you. Is that right? Like you discovered. Yeah, so I feel yeah. like I landed here and I sort of found this weird, wacky world full of artists and tons of Brits. Back wow. then, that was sort of Santa Monica, and um, there were a lot of British people here only working in the film industry. Yeah. And um, more so than now, I think. I don't know. Now, Brits are sort of culturally enmeshed in the, in the film industry here with the Scott brothers and like everyone else, all our actors that come over here. But um, yeah. back then we were sort of a novelty. You know, having a Brit on your crew was a was a novelty. And so, um, I don't know, the late 80s, early 90s were this sort of amazing time. And it was easier to get into the industry. It was harder and easier at the same time. If you did a good job, then you got the next job and the next job and I the see. next job. Now it's a lot more... Um, I don't know, convoluted in a paperwork kind of way. Like you have to prove yourself before you even get the job. I think it's harder for young people like you. I just fell into it. To be honest, I literally fell into it. Incredible. So take me into the world of costume design. You know, me as Mm. a, I don't, I don't know this industry. I don't know what it entails. So take me into the world and what's your day-to-day look like? What are the you know, passion. what I love is that I, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm sorry to step over your words. No, it's but what I'm going to say is I don't know what my day is. <laughs> Do you know? So th- yeah. that's what I love about it. So every day is completely different. Okay. I do feel that people don't understand that you have to be right brain, left brain, that you have to be organized yeah. and you have to understand budgets and you have to understand the business of film, of the film. Like if you're this super, super duper creative person, which so many of my, you know, my uh, compadres in this world are. Yeah. Um, you also have to have the other half of you where you're sticking to the budget. So you can be as creative as you want, but the film business is a business. Yeah. And so, um, and it's very complicated. And I think what people don't realize is just how complicated it is to get it. You get a script. Okay. And it's your roadmap. And you read that, and then you you figure out, you know, how many days are in that script, how many characters are in that script, 
what what are each of these characters telling you about the story? How can you transition the storytelling into the costumes? Wow. How do the costumes help the actor to become that person? Because, you know, people forget. So, for instance, on ER, people used to say to me all the time, I don't know what you do all day. I mean, doesn't everyone come dressed like that? Well, nobody came dressed like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, that's a hockey crazy. player didn't come dressed as a hockey player when he broke his leg on the ice, you know, that the, the show. And I think that's interesting because my boss, John Wells, once said, I was sort of upset at a certain point in my career that people didn't realize how much work that show was, you know, when you had 200 extras a day and you had to tell the story of this one person coming through the door on a gurney, like, who is this person? And he said to me, well, that, I don't know why you're upset. That just means you did a great job. Mm. Like people shouldn't, I feel like people shouldn't really know who I am. Right. So, you know, yeah, because it's almost, you know, you don't even think about it. It's just like, that's the character and they, they yeah. resemble that character perfectly. And so with, yeah. that, so has that been, is that challenging at times when, you know, you put so much work, heart, everything into it and then it's weird. It's this almost dichotomy where they shouldn't be talking about it, but you almost, you want that recognition. So how, is that hard? So I'm actually the opposite. So this for me is torture, this discussion right now, because <laughs> I like being behind the scenes. I thoroughly yeah. want to be the puppet master, right. you know? I don't want to be in front of the camera ever. I don't enjoy it. Um, so for me, the the it's hard to describe, but for me, I, I actually, look, I already have been nominated for whatever, all these things. Yeah. And, and for me, I don't actually, not, it's not that I don't care. It's lovely to have your peers. But I, it, I don't know how to say it without sounding awful. It, it's not that it doesn't matter. It's just that for me, the big moment for me is walking on the set right. and looking around on the set in the morning I love that moment in the morning with your cup of coffee in your hand and you walk in there and you see that you've created a new world yeah that if for me is all I need I don't the rest of it is sort of like you know the icing on the cake yeah and it's lovely but it's not what drives me what drives me is making the actor feel like they're the other person. And the best moment is when you're in a room with an actor and they go, oh my gosh, this is it, Lynn. Thank you. I feel like I'm her. or I feel like I'm him. This is exactly what I needed for me to be able to do my job. So for me, that's those are my favorite moments. That beat with an actor in a room, because you're usually alone with them and you're talking. Okay. And that whole dialogue that you have with an actor to get the character. And then I love walking on the set. And when the you know, production design has done this magnificent job and you see this amazing set and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're in 1940s England or you're, you know, even on Scandal, you're just in this crazy, wacky world. And I, I love that beat, that moment. Yeah, no, Lynn, that's beautiful. I mean, that that is essentially, that's what makes you such an incredible costume designer is that, you know, Aww, you immerse yourself you. in it and you, that's the beauty in the job. I love that. That's incredible. Yeah, I, that's the bit I love. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's actually very interesting to also hear you know, from my perspective, it's just like you get a script and you create this beautiful world and you form this world. But it's also, you know, you've taken budget, you've taken, you know, there's so many yeah. other factors that come into it. So very interesting. Or you create a world that isn't so beautiful. Do you know, I mean, like sort of shameless exactly. is not so beautiful. Right. I actually find that show harder. Yeah. For me, because you have to, 
sell the humor and the intensity and the poverty uh, without making it too sad. Yeah. You know, but it, so it's it, it, there are challenges to the job that are so different with every project. And what I really do love is that in one day I would be dressing Kerry in Christian Dior and worrying about, you know, the palette and this color needs to be this and this color. And then I would go over to Shameless in the same day (laughs) and say, oh my God, no, those clothes needs, you know, more dirt, more dirt, fray the edges of the jeans. And so it's this great world of just different, it's a dichotomy, you know, like there's two ends of the story and I like living in both those worlds. I, I don't want to just do one thing. It would be terrifically boring to me. Wow. And it's not, it's not, there's no challenge in that, you know, where you have, you know, Carrie and then, and then Emmy and, and, and Shameless and it's just completely different worlds. Is that challenging to kind of just switch it or no? No, I don't find that. I just, I find it to be fun. Yeah. I think so it makes you better at your job that you're, look, early on in my career I did this show called Homefront that was set in the 1940s and I loved the show I was completely immersed in that I used to dress in like 40s dresses with my combat boots I was very desperately seeking Susan do you know and then afterwards you know we won these my my partner and I chick we won all these awards for it and then afterwards I couldn't get a job Mm. no one would hire me they said oh well you just do period pieces oh wow and What's interesting now is, it's so funny, our industry is so funny, is that I don't get offered period pieces because now people think I just do fashion. So interesting. So it's this weird sort of thing of, you know, for me, clothes are clothes and costumes are costumes and you can do it all. Right. Um, and, and that's what John Wells and Shonda Rhimes have allowed me to do. They give me, they really just say, you know, I call Lynn, she can, you know, she'll figure it out. Amazing. So I'm very lucky to work with lovely, decent people who yeah. let me play. Incredible. So, okay, you gave me a great segue with Homefront. So when you say awards, it was Emmy Awards, so that's amazing. But mm. I love the story that I heard in another podcast of yours that you that you said is when you came into it and they hadn't chosen a, a costume designer yet. But you came mm. in and you said, you know what, I can win an Emmy as a costume designer for this show. And you had this confidence. So tell me this story and, you know, where that it confidence was, Yeah, just tell me a little bit more about it. It was such a weird moment because I'm not really <laughs> naturally a confident human in that regard. I'm, I'm always full of doubts, you know. Um, yeah. And could I have done that better? But I was very young. Maybe I was very stupid. I don't know. But I, I met Lynn and Bernie, the producers, and my friend, my now friend, Chris Chulak. Okay. And... Um, I walked in and I just knew. I mean, I had a book in my hand about this little town in the Midwest and the producer, Lynn, said, oh, my God, that's where I'm from. You know, because I brought it in as a – and yeah. we were just talking and talking and I just said, I really want to win an Emmy with this. I know I can do it. This show will give me an Emmy. And they – I think I was like 24. Yeah. Oh, I can walk. And um, they couldn't believe I was saying that. And But I just knew it. I knew that the job – Knowing what was on TV back then, you know, yeah. it was sort of, I just knew that this was a gateway to that. Yeah. And look, was that hubris? Probably a 24-year-old saying that, maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe you have more confidence at 24. No, um, 
so I don't know. I, I just said it and she was like, okay, we're hiring her. <laughs> so I was just like, um, which was God bless them. Lynn and Bernie, uh, like Lynn and Bernie Lakewood, they gave me this great, you know, I had not designed anything. Amazing. And they just gave me, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like the industry has maybe changed in that regard Yeah. because shows are much bigger now. And, a lot of producers want someone who has a real track record. Right. Um, but back then, I remember it was a bit like the Wild West back then. I don't know. But I just said it, and she was like, let's hire her. Yeah. You know? And what's interesting is I'm still working with Chris Chulak. I mean, Chris, you know, until last year was on Animal Kingdom. So it's been, I've had a 30-year career with Chris. Amazing. And so you had this confidence. You said, you do you wish maybe you have that confidence oftentimes now or – because I know in this industry, I mean, you've mentioned on other podcasts where you have a lot of self-doubt or this imposter syndrome. And, you know, mm. I can relate coming from Stanford, the imposter syndrome is very common there. Mm. You know, you think everyone is doing so well and then you're kind of struggling or whatnot. So how do you deal with that and what, what advice do you have to deal with it? I, I, you know, I didn't even – look, my, my um, issues were that I didn't – I didn't study to do this. Mm, yeah. You know? So I, I, and early on I had a lot of friends who had studied to do this as, as a living. And, um, I don't know, in the beginning, it was more in the beginning actually that I felt like, wow, but there's still the, uh, here's what I want to say to everybody who feels that way. I know my friend Eliza would say it's not a good thing, but for me, I think it is a good thing yeah. because I, every single job I start, I think, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I'm not sure if this is the right thing for me. And it makes me work that little bit harder every time that let me find my way through this. Because the thing about the film business is that every new show is a new way of telling a story and every new show uh, is a new world. And you're creating that new world. And um, I don't mind having that self-doubt because it makes me be more pensive about things and to really think things through and to really come up with a point of view yeah. about a character. So for me, I feel like it's a strength, not a weakness. Yeah, interesting. I like that. Because it's almost like it's that it's that beginning stage where it's like, I'm not sure if I yeah. can do it. And then, you know, once you, you overcome it and you, you go into it even more co conscious of everything that you're doing. So. Yeah. I and I it. think, I think you have to flip it to not debilitating you to the point mm -hmm. where you're like, Oh, I can't do this, but to, okay. In my head, I think I can't do this. Why am I thinking that? And then you go through the steps and you know, you have your logical steps. You have your, sketches and your boards and you you know you slowly build all these it's like being an engineer you build all these yeah. levels until you get the machine working and then the director will say yes or no and then it's a collaboration yeah and then you build it until the point where you're like okay now I can show this to the actor yeah I love it it almost and it relates to also just being in entrepreneurship you know they ask how do you get started from an idea to, you know, something yeah. big? And it's about taking those little steps. Like, don't make this a huge thing. It's just taking that one step next yeah. step. I love that. I mean, if you look at a movie script in yeah. the beginning, like have the 90 pages or whatever it is that you get, um, you, you have a meltdown. Yeah. There's no way. You have to take it systematically every day. Very cool. And then you'll get there. 
Okay, Lynn, we're going to end off with fun questions. Uh, okay. It's been so great talking to you. So thank you again. Oh, um, thanks, Charlie. Thank so, you. Of course. So first, what's a passion or hobby you have that's just unrelated to, you know, costume design, fashion, any work? I'm, an, I'm a crazy gardener. Oh, cool. I yeah, my it. garden. I mean, my friends all say that my, I should have been a, um, a gardener. I should have been um, a designer of, like, lovely landscapes. So I'm a Ooh. nut. I am, of course, I'm not about my kids. Isn't every mom? So um, yeah. And um, I have to say that I'm, I'm kind of consumed by my world, by my work. I have to be honest. I mean, I'm loving, I love to hike and get out into the world, but my garden is my second love. No doubt about it. Amazing. Very cool. And last question is, what is a fun or weird talent that you have that no one really knows about? So a hidden talent. And so, Lynn, I'm going to go first, okay? So what I yep. do is I do blueberry throwing, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to throw a blueberry in and see if I catch it, all right? Let's go. Hey, show me. There we go. <laughs> oh, look at you. You're amazing. I don't know what my hidden talent is. Um... I know what my not my my worst thing is is I my lack of patience that I work on every single day, um, but I think my my hidden talent is I have great empathy. People share things with me that others that they might not share with others. That's beautiful. I love yeah. that. That's really uh, great. People people can even in the line at like the supermarket. I don't know what this energy is that I give off. But people talk to me constantly. Yeah, and I'm just like the, which is hard sometimes because you're taking all the weight. Yeah. But um, you're almost everyone's I, therapist in a way. You're like, this, way, and I think that's what makes me a good costume designer too. Yeah, you have this, you have this natural empathy. I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Thank Lynn. you so much. I'm sorry we rushed you. That's fine. I apologize. I know that's totally okay. Thank you for coming on the show and just sharing your world with my audience oh, and everyone. you're so sweet and so lovely. Thank you for everything. Good luck of with course. everything.